Hello, welcome to the Dear Nikki podcast, where I'm going to be giving you personalized user research advice based on your questions or struggles. So let's dive into today's episode. Hi, hi. I am happy to be back. We had a super long weekend here in Jersey. We had both Monday and Tuesday off. We have four bank holidays in May, which is wild. (laughs) Also awesome, but just, yeah, very, very extreme uh, holiday month, I guess one would say. But on Monday, we were celebrating the King's coronation. And then on Tuesday, it was Jersey Liberation Day. So it's actually a Jersey holiday, not a, not a, global UK holiday. And that's when Jersey liberated themselves from the German occupation. So it was a really fun weekend. Unfortunately, the weather has just been absolutely atrocious here and very cold, (laughs) to be honest. I mean, not freezing, but cold enough for what I like to regard as the middle of May. We're not quite there, but I'm, I'm stretching it because We've been in like the 40s for Fahrenheit and hovering around, I guess, I don't know, 9, 10 degrees Celsius. So 40s, 50s Fahrenheit. And, you know, it's just not May weather. But hey, we were on vacation. Now I'm trying to squeeze like four, five days of work into a very small amount of time. I always find that holidays are so fantastic if everybody else took them. I'm like, can we standardize holidays? Which makes no sense because then everything would come to a grinding halt and everybody would be upset because we would all be on holiday at the same time and nothing would work. But some days I kind of wish that that was a reality because everybody else was working away and I was hanging out thinking about the king. (laughs) No, it's kind of weird to see that coming from not being in the uk for my entire life but it was really fun to watch uh really cool the outfits were really cool so that's what that's one thing that i was definitely looking for so yeah we spent a lot of time with friends and family which was fantastic and now i am back and you know i'm not gonna lie i wrote this in my newsletter i wrote about this subject in my newsletter and I was going to not really talk that much about it. And I kind of wanted that one newsletter. And if you haven't subscribed to my newsletter, there's a link in the description notes to subscribe. It's just bi-weekly. It's awesome. I get a lot of compliments on it. I'm saying it's awesome because other people have told me that, not because I think so. Well, I do, but you know, I have been, I guess, not validated because we don't use that word, but I have been told that it's awesome. And so... I was hoping that I would do a one and done on this subject. And if you can't already guess what this subject is, it's chat GPT (laughs) Uh, and AI related stuff and how AI is taking over the lives of researchers. And I, again, wanted to avoid this because I don't like getting involved in hype like things. And that's what this is. At least that's what I am predicting this is. But I've received a lot of questions about it. There's been a lot of 
fear mongering, at least that's how I think about it on social media, such as LinkedIn. And I just want to give my two cents on what I think about chat GPT and how chat GPT maybe relates to the future of user research, for lack of a better way to say it. And so I am going to share my thoughts on this. And hopefully we will all move on from ChatGPT at some point soon, and we can stop hearing about how it's going to take over our all of our jobs. So first and foremost, if you haven't used ChatGPT, and I am going to say something, I did not use ChatGPT for the first time until I want to say maybe three or four weeks ago, and it was not anything user research related, and it was actually to help me with some sort of, I think it was a, some sort of like a joke that I was trying to make on somebody. Anyways, that's when I first used ChatGPT. So I'm new to the ChatGPT world. I've read a lot about it because I mean, we've had to. So I've read a lot about how ChatGPT and other platforms are trying to quote, take over user research. So one of those one of those particular platforms is called Synthetic Users, right? So if you go to Synthetic Users, I don't know, .com, .co, .io, I don't know these days. If you go to if just search Synthetic Users, you will find the platform, which they say they do not aim to replace research, but it's hard to imagine what else they're trying to do when you see their platform. So I'm talking about these kinds of tools, ChatGPT, synthetic users, etc. Now, really quickly, ChatGPT is a natural language processor, an NLP, right? So it's similar to predictive text in our phone keyboards. You know, when you try and say swear words and they change it into duck. <laughs> forever, forever. That will stay in my mind. That's essentially similar to ChatGPT uh, in, in terms of producing text based on an initial phrase or initial data, right? So NLPs don't understand meaning and don't generate meaning. So ChatGPT does not understand, nor can it generate meaning from anything that you put in there right? It brings together words <laughs> that make sense together, usually that look really, really good upon first glance, and then you start to find some of the cracks within ChatGPT or these other, other tools, right? And the text that it spits out, we essentially infer meaning from it, right? It's subjective. It's like any other text that you might uh, read about. We infer meaning on that text based on our biases, our past experiences, our thoughts, the mood that we're in that particular day, the conversations that we had, whether or not we've had breakfast yet or coffee or caffeine, or you know, if you know a certain dog in our house has pooped on the rug overnight, you know, like we infer meaning subjectively on any anything that's kind of put in front of us, we make assumptions. We 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 do this for any text, and ChatGPT is no different because it does not give us meaning. Right? We generate the meaning ourselves. Now, 
there is a reason, and I'm, there's a reason I'm talking about this and how I'm linking it to user research. User researchers go in to get information, right, from, from our participants, from our users, from our customers, from non-customers, from literally anyone, right? So we go in and we get in this information and we synthesize it as objectively as we possibly can, right? Which isn't going to be 100% objective because, hey, we're humans, not robots, okay? So we synthesize that information and then we do put it forward as objective as possible so that we can convey a certain meaning with it, right? So we have understood the context of the information that we've received. We've done fairly usually deep analysis on this context. We have created patterns. We have generated meaning and on and in an unbiased way, as unbiased as possible as a human. That was a very tough sentence. So we have taken all this information, synthesized it, really understood it, and started to generate meaning from these patterns in, again, as unbiased of a way as possible. And then we put forward that information with that meaning within it to our stakeholders so that we are generally speaking on the same page and trying to infer the same meaning so that we can move forward to make decisions or create solutions. The problem with chat GPT or any other kind of platform is that we take out that whole par part of generating meaning so that when chat GPT creates the text, each individual person that reads that text has to infer their own meaning, right? So stakeholder one infers one meaning, stakeholder two infers another, stakeholder three another, stakeholder there's infinite meanings, probably not infinite, but I'm gonna, I'm, I'm on a dramatic flare right now. There's infinite meanings that can be inferred from whatever chat GPT spits out. And that is where the major problem lies is that user researchers, or people who are doing user research are trying to get people aligned and on the same page about a set of information that they have synthesized and understood, right? We're trying to get people on the same page about this so that we're all inferring and understanding the same meaning so that we can move forward and make better decisions or make solutions based on this, right? Again, ChatGPT does not give us that meaning. So it's the same thing in user interviews. So I, I always say, because people ask me a lot, how do you know what to follow up on when it comes to user interviews and, and people saying things? How do you know what when to follow up with a question? And I always say, follow up on something that's subjective, right? So if somebody says something like, oh, you know, the experience was so frustrating, okay, what does frustration mean to that person? Because frustration can mean a whole load of different things. And maybe they're not actually trying to express frustration or, or frustration isn't the right word, but sad is or overwhelmed or something else. And I always like to follow up on these subjective phrases, these subjective emotions, these subjective words that people use because as I said, there are so many different ways that people can think about these this subjectivity frustration for instance frustration to me 
generally means, you know, slamming my phone down. <laughs> Let's say it's an app, getting really frustrated, walking away from the situation. I don't try and even come up with a solution necessarily because as a user researcher, I get <laughs> very upset about these things. So it's slamming my phone down, going off and potentially not even trying to do a workaround. I might, I might reach out to somebody, might, might reach out to help depending on how necessary this app is for me to function in whatever I'm trying to do. But I usually just move on to something else, a new solution, right? Whereas frustration to somebody else might be, the consequence of that might be something else and something else and something else. So again, I'm just trying to say that like there is so much subjectivity out in the world and what user research tries to do is reduce that subjectivity so that we all have a shared understanding of what we are looking at based on the data we've collected and synthesized, right? So when we go back to this whole thing of chat GPT and stakeholders looking at this data that chat GPT is spitting out, again, it has no meaning. It hasn't gone through the hu very human process of understanding patterns, understanding context, understanding the humanness of the information. And thus the stakeholder or whomever can take that information and infer whatever they want from it. And that's usually where we get things like confirmation bias, right? So if I'm trying to confirm that my idea is the best and ChatGPT gives me something of an indication of such, I'm going to take that and run, right? I'm just going to be like, well, that's great, right? So that is one big part of ChatGPT that I that I want to, or again, synthetic users, that I just want to put forward in terms of when it comes to our jobs as researchers, we do something that AI at this present moment can't do, right? And so there is all this scarcity going around about, okay, are our jobs going to be okay? Are we going to be replaced? That's a big question that I get. Are we going to be replaced by AI or is somebody going to think that they can do our job because they have these tools, right? I'm not saying no, that nobody will feel that way because I know plenty of people that are using these, these tools for not all the right reasons and with very unthoughtful intent, but Again, it's just bringing up the fact that ChatGPT can spit out text, but it cannot help us get on that same page. It cannot help ensure that we've been through and seen patterns and, and created that meaning from it together with context, with that humanness, right? And so when it comes to our jobs and the scarcity behind our jobs and and being fearful that our jobs are going to be replaced one thing that i will say is that it's not just user research you know i i i tend to find and this is happening a lot in on linkedin or i i don't use twitter but i'm assuming maybe it's the same on twitter a lot of people are experiencing layoffs right now right a lot of people are talking about user research with regards to ChatGPT or synthetic users or AI in general, right? So what happens though is LinkedIn is still social media. We're still in an echo chamber, 
right? So what I did is, because everybody's like, user research, there's no jobs, we're gonna, our, our field is massacred, it's done, it's just destroyed, and you know, no, nobody's gonna hire researchers anymore. And so what I did is I went and I spoke to a lot of people outside our field. We're not the only ones getting laid off, right? There are product managers getting laid off, there are designers getting laid off, there are people in marketing getting laid off, there are people in customer support getting laid off, uh, devs seem to be one of the only exceptions, but that's a very normal thing, right? If we look back, a lot of these people tend to be the people that get laid off and they are getting laid off in addition. So don't worry that that user researchers are the only people in the whole entire world that are getting impacted. Yes, we are getting impacted maybe at a higher degree than some of these other roles, but we always have because we are, for lack of a better phrase, outside of that golden triangle of PM designer dev, which is the, the, you know, golden triangle of what you need to move a product forward. So we're outside of that. So we can be seen as auxiliary, right? But we're in a very important auxiliary part of the product development process. And we always have been, right? Nothing, user researchers have all, always gotten laid off disproportionately more than their other colleagues because we're outside of that golden triangle because we're still new because there's no standardization of user research so you see a lot of variability in how good user research is done right i have seen a lot of really bad research done and it's no wonder when when bad user research is presented to stakeholders that stakeholders either say this is not useful this is not valuable or say i can do a better job myself Right? So there, because there's no standardization, because we're young, because we're seen as, quote, auxiliary, yeah, we might get laid off disproportionately, but nobody's getting massacred, right? Because the other functions that I've talked about who are also getting laid off, let's take, you know, marketing, copywriting, even data analysis are all getting laid off with the fear that AI is going to take over their job, that nobody will need them anymore. But still with those other functions, you could argue the same thing. They put the humanness into it. If you copy and paste chat GPT, so something that I actually did because I own my business, right? And I was like, huh, I hate writing sales pages. And I was like, I wonder if chat GPT is any good at this. And, you know, I put in some context. I actually put in quite a lot of context to help chat GPT, you know, and what it, gave me was fine, but hollow, right? There was no human behind it. So it was, again, it was words, right? So what I'm trying to say is that ChatGPT lacks something that is innately human as of right now. And we need that humanness to make better decisions, to move forward, to get aligned, to make sure that there's a lack of subjectivity across the board, right? And so if people are using, well, they are using this, when people are using things like synthetic users, so they're they're using like fake personas, right? So it's like, create a persona for me based on this. Honestly, 
that's not the first time that anybody has made a crappy persona and it's not ChatGPT's fault. ChatGPT just makes it a, maybe a bit more accessible for more people to try. But people have been making up personas for years. What about the CEOs that say stuff like, I'm my user, so here's me as a persona, or I know everything about our users, so like I don't need a persona. I could just tell you everything that they need. And you're like, okay, well, why aren't you more rich? You know, like, so like, these tools aren't aren't necessarily the the problem the larger problem has been happening for a very long time right and that's helping people understand that they need to talk to people and there needs to be a human element involved in understanding people you can't just understand them by being them or by putting some text into an ai so what I think will happen, generally speaking, is that made up personas or using AI to uh, get insights or answers or whatever it is, I believe that it will lead to the same problems that it's always led to. So fake or made up personas will lead to misinformation, will lead to misdirection, will lead to stupid decisions, will lead to products that do not work in the industry, do not work in whatever area they're meant to work in, do not solve actual problems, do not generate revenue, and thus do not exist anymore, right? Because we need to generate for the most part, not every company, of course, needs to generate revenue right so again this this like initial problem of like oh people are using this as a means to um get data that's not real well people have been doing that forever <laughs> you know to uh, chat gpt or synthetic users just again makes it a little bit more accessible for people to do it now and maybe makes people feel better doing it because they're not necessarily getting this information from their mind although they are indirectly because of confirmation bias right but I believe that this will be a hype. It will be a hype that goes on for I, I don't I don't know how long, right? But we are with all of these tools lacking that human context that we need in order to make better decisions. So again, we come back to the same problem that people have been facing for a very long time where they're making up stupid personas. They're saying that user research doesn't matter. They're making decisions based on not a lot of data or not listening to user research, right? And then they fail. That's the ideal. It doesn't always happen that way, but usually they fail. And so what I would actually have us focus on, because I think we're going down, we're circling the drain a little bit. I'm not going to lie, the, the posts that I see about, you know, user research just being annihilated and not being a role in X amount of time, right? I don't actually believe that to be true. And I think what we should focus on is understanding one, where we might be able to use ChatGPT as a positive, so as a potential thought partner. So being very, very intentional, such as, you know, I want to get this outcome. What are some workshop activities that I could do, right? Or to try and gain a few different perspectives, you know, tell me why you hate this idea, tell me why you love this idea, blah, blah, blah. 
I, I don't, I don't personally, I, I don't find myself gravitating towards that, but I have heard other people have success, especially if you think user research teams of ones, they can be a nice brainstorming technique, but with a very intentional understanding of how you're using the tool, right? We're not going in for answers because ChatGPT can't give us answers, right? We are trying to intentionally uh, maybe brainstorm some workshop activities. <laughs> you know, you you could also use it. Hey, I'm having this really difficult situation at work. What are some responses? You know, like those things, or or any sort of other user research related activities that you could use within the context of GPT, but in a very intentional way. The second thing that I th think we should focus on is the companies who are just continuing to do user research, who love us. Yay. Right? Focus on supporting those companies. Those are the companies that we care about. And I, I think that we need to also see that there are plenty of companies out there that care about user research being done properly. There are a lot of them out there. Are they the majority? I actually don't know. That would be interesting to find out. But they are there. They do care about research and we need to turn our attention toward them, right? And I think another thing that I would recommend doing is understanding outside of the context of user research how AI is impacting the world so that we don't get stuck in this cycle of thinking that user research is just going to go defunct and not be a, a role in the next one, two, three, five years, because that's not the case. User research has survived for a very long time because it's a specific and necessary function, right? Will it evolve and change? Hey, it might. I'm not sure. But as it is right now, it's going to continue to be. And it's really about understanding the broader context of how these tools impact a lot of other people aside from us so that we can understand, okay, it's not just user researchers. It's, it's, it goes beyond our function, right? Because I think that that will help us get us out of this kind of right now, it feels like we're stuck in this like, oh, like scary place. And I think that that will help us get out of that place so that we can be more productive so that we can say, okay, where are these, where, where does this fit in and where does it not fit in? And so, because what happens is when we're in a fear-based state, we become very defensive. So if somebody's like, oh, let's use chat GPT for that, we're like, ah, you know, we might, <laughs> at least I can be very uh, temperamental sometimes when these things come up. Uh, instead of being defensive, we might say, oh yeah, this is what it's useful for and this is what it's not. It's just like any other tool, right? Any other method that we say, this is what this method is useful for, this is what it's not useful for. Same with qualitative research in general. This is when qualitative research is applicable, applicable and this is when it isn't, right? So all of these things we kind of just need to familiarize ourselves with. Is ChatGPT going anywhere? No. Are people going to continue to use it for poor reasons or with poor intent? Probably because there are people that have been doing poor intent-based things forever. But there's nothing that we can necessarily do about that, right? It's just another tool for people to approach things with potentially poor intent, right? But the hype will probably die down it's it's a new and shiny thing like they're they're used to remember agile used to be new and shiny i remember when agile was new and shiny i i i got scrum certified i was a scrum master <laughs> when agile was new and shiny 
right? So like these things come and go and 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 that was actually really annoying for user researchers, user researchers within the agile environment, right? And that kind of didn't necessarily die down, but changed and evolved in its own way, right? But I think that we need to take a deep breath, take a step back, understand the larger context, understand that it's not only user research and user researchers that are getting impacted by layoffs slash chat GPT, right? And understand the, this broader context so that we can take a deep breath and say, okay, let's look at this critically because that's something that cheap chat GPT can't do. Let's look at this critically. Let's put some human into this. Let's understand where this works and where this doesn't work. And then, use it to the best of our advantage and ride the wave a bit. What I am here to say ultimately is I don't think that our jobs are going anywhere. We are still necessary to the product development phase, especially in the discovery area with, with companies that do care about discovery, right? And I think that we all need to take a bit of a collective breath, <laughs> right? Uh, and I think we need to look more closely at the problems that are underneath ChatGPT as a band-aid, such as like speed of research, you know, like having to do research faster and faster, everybody's stressed, having to do things faster and faster, results faster and faster, all of those things, right? So kind of understanding the underlying problems and trying to solve for those rather than trying to, you know, uh, get rid of ChatGPT or kind of be, be so defensive about it. So... I hope that that is helpful for anybody who's been concerned about that. I'm happy to answer any other questions. So please just shoot me an email or submit a question, whatever works for you. And I look forward to talking to you next time. Thanks. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to hit subscribe and submit your next question. And I look forward to talking to you all soon. Bye. Thank you.